Keep your Bibles turned to Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1. I appreciate all of you that went out visiting yesterday. That's the lifeline of our church. We don't depend on split splatters and splints from other churches. We depend on going out and visiting and telling people about the love of Jesus. And I appreciate that progressive supper. Amen. Praise God. Every time I eat supper, it's progressive. Amen. Lunch, breakfast, it's all progressive. Amen. I progressively eat. And uh, it's, it's wonderful. Amen. All right, uh, Matthew chapter 1, and the person that was uh, saying they were glad they were in children's church was my wife, and she was only jesting, because she thinks I'm the best preacher she's ever heard, no matter what I preach, because I've been with her 42 years, she's got used to it, I guess, but uh, uh, she was only kidding, so I didn't want anybody to think that anybody was being critical of my selection of messages, because they're not, amen? If they were, I'd preach it twice, no, not really. The Ancestry of Christ, good to have our visitors, got a visitor from Silent Word Ministries, great ministry, uh, reaching the deaf around the world, and also uh, Miss uh, Carolyn's niece is with us, we appreciate her being with us, and all the visitors, amen, we're trying to change the order of service so the choir wouldn't have to come down twice, and I just forgot to recognize the visitors, and I apologize for that, but we're so glad you're here, we live to have visitors, we live to grow uh, spiritually and numerically, and uh, also I want to announce that we have our t-shirts out in uh, order form and shirts, and we got a great, great price. And I was thinking about uh, all these people wearing all this Georgia garb and apparel and Tennessee stuff. The most important team you can ever uh, belong to is uh, the church. Amen. amen. I'm not against all that. I, I got my jerseys and all that stuff. Amen. Just don't wear it at church. But uh, <clears throat> I want you to know that uh, you ought to be proud of your church, and I think you ought to promote it. And I think you ought to not be ashamed of it. Now, if you're going to go into places that's not uh, good for the testimony, leave your jersey at home, amen, I mean your shirt or your coat, but uh, we got a great price on that, and I'd like to see it all over town, bumper stickers, everything else, but the greatest witness is going door to door, knocking on doors, and as I preached yesterday morning, uh, reach your household, that's your sphere of influence, uh, go out to lunch with each other, and uh, uh, reach your neighbors and your relatives, because folks, we need to grow, we need to pack this place out with sinners, that need to uh, get saved. Amen. I don't think we ought to ever lose the pioneer spirit, even though we're an old church, 40 years old. Started church 40 years ago, didn't know a soul. And the way we started was knocking on doors, and somebody sent me to this town like a missionary. And now we're sending out missionaries all around the world, and uh, it's just a blessing. Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. Let's stand in awe of the Word of God. I'm going to read the entire uh, chapter 1 and preach most of it, and then I'll finish it tonight, and I'm going to preach on one of my heroes, and that's Joseph, the husband of Mary. He's one of my heroes in the Bible. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now listen to this. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob. The word begot's very important. And Jacob begot Judas and his brother, and Judas begot Perez, and, uh, and Zerah of Tamar, and Perez begot Esron, and Esron begot Aram, and Aram begot Abinadab, and Abinadab begot Nason, and Naasion, and Naasion begot Salmon, and Salmon begot Boaz of, of Rachem, and Boaz begot Obed of Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse. Now don't get lost in all these begots, because this is significant. And Jesse begot David, the king, and David the king begot Solomon, of, uh, of her that had been the wife of Urias. 
And Solomon begot Rehoboam, and Rehoboam begot Abiah, and Abiah begot Asa, and Asa begot uh, Josaphat, and Josaphat begot Joram, and Joram begot uh, Ozias, and Ozias begot Jotham, and Jotham begot Arez, and begot um, Ezekiel, and Ezekiel begot Manassas, and Manassas begot Amon, and Amon begot Josias. And Josias begot Jacobins, and the brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after that they were brought to Babylon, and Johannes begot Salatel, and Salatel begot Zorobaim, and Zorobaim begot Abihu, and Abihu begot Eliakim, and Eliakim begot Azor, and Azor begot Zadok, and Zadok begot Achim, and Achim begot Elu, and Elu begot Ezra, and Ezra begot Matham, and Matham begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, got that one right, didn't I? And the husband of Mary, and of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations and from David unto, until they carried away unto Babylon and 14 generations and from carrying away unto Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as a mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And then Joseph, her husband, um, began... Uh, being a just man and not willing to uh, make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately or divorce her in the betrothal. And while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, the son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is, is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth the Son and shall call his name Jesus." All caps, hallelujah. For he shall save his people from their sins. And all God's people said, Amen. That's what you've been saved from if you're saved. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with a child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name, thank you choir, Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. And he, and he knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name, and say it with me, Jesus. You may be seated. Father, thank you for this great passage of Scripture, and thank you for this divine ancestry. Thank you, God, for every name that I couldn't pronounce, and Lord, every, every person that was involved and miraculously in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we see this lineage of Joseph on the human side, uh, David's lineage, God, I thank you for Joseph and his submission to do what was right and uh, not to put away his betrothed wife. And Lord, I thank you, dear God, for the miracle of, of G God coming to us in the form of Jesus Christ the lovely Son of God. Lord, we love Christmas. We thank you, dear God, for this season. Some people boycott it and some people are offended by it, but Lord, I love it. I love it because it reminds us that He was born to die and He died that we might live. So Lord, thank you for the purpose of coming to this earth. And God, thank you for the divine 
lineage of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, when I thought of praying about the characters around the cradle and all the sermons I was going to preach in the month of December, the Lord laid on my heart the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Now, this is not too exciting. I had to, I had to really uh, practice, and then I didn't pronounce them exactly right. Uh, I'm glad I didn't live in those days. Wayne will do for me, or Kenneth. Uh, amen. But, um, you know, I really believe that these, these folks are honored to be part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. And some of them were not outstanding folks. And it shows us the love of God and the grace of God. The introduction of Jesus Christ in Matthew begins fitly with the human ancestry. Later, the Gospel of John and Luke give the divine ancestry of Christ. And Christ was both man and God, so the Gospel gives both ancestries, or both genealogies. And I want you to see, first of all, the preference of the ancestry. In verse 1, it says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David. And then it goes on to say, And the son of Abraham. The first generation concerns creation in Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. But Matthew opens up with the last generation in the Bible. And it's a climax of all generations. It's a generation of Jesus Christ, and it declares the whole theme of the Bible, the New Testament especially, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Can somebody say amen? And this is the generation of Jesus Christ. And folks, so it's the very first verse of the New Testament, spots light, no other than the Lord Jesus Christ. When you read a book in the Bible or a page in the Bible, you ought to try to look and see if you can see Jesus. Amen? And of course, you ought to see yourself as a sinner and, and, and get saved by the grace of God. But folks, this is, a, this is God's story. Uh, some of the uh, uh, most detailed descriptions in the Old Testament, 42 chapters, describes a tabernacle. And that tabernacle points to Christ. And so all through from Genesis to Revelation, it's God's story. It's God's image. It's a great history book, but folks, it's a great personal mirror of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we see not only the preference of the ancestry, we see the purpose of the ancestry. In verse 1 it says, the son of David. That's royal pedigree, praise God. That's Jesus Christ proves His claim to the throne of David. He said it, and He meant it, and He fulfilled it. Amen? And I'll tell you what, the reason I believe in the Bible, 1,500 years, 44 different authors, 66 different books, and not one contradiction. And every minute detail of Jesus' birth and life and death, and even second coming has come true, uh, to the, or the first coming has come true to, to the exact detail. Taxes even made, Micah chapter uh, 5, uh, uh, verse 2, come true, where he said he'd be born in Bethlehem. And they traveled by uh, donkey back. Uh, she probably rode and he, and he pushed. No, he pulled. And, uh, and they came and, and was at the exact place that the prophet 913 years said that they'd be. Folks, there is a case where tax is good. Come on, say amen, Miss Stephanie. Where are you? Amen. She works with taxes. Amen. She's not an RS agent though. Okay, but listen, it's a preference. The preference, but the purpose. I want you to look at some verses real quick. Uh, how many of you love to study the Word of God? Say amen. This young lady drove all the way from our Murchie, one of our youth. Rode up and got a license and moved away and comes back all the way from our Murchie uh, to come to our church. I appreciate that. That's, al that's almost Rome, Georgia. Amen. But look at Genesis 12, verse 3. I want you to see why he said, 
uh, the son of Abraham, the son of David, the son of David. Y'all got your Bibles, amen? We're not palm readers, we're Bible readers, amen. Check this out with the Word of God. I think it's a great testimony that you pick up your Bible, not your cell phone, and bring it to the house of God, amen? Leather back, holy Bible, black cover, red cover, whatever it is, I believe you ought to carry the Bible proudly, amen? Wear it sometimes, amen? But I want to tell you something. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3 is exciting. Look at it. I want you to see the first uh, prophecy of the th- uh, that he would come from the throne of David. And I'll show you some exciting things about the geology in just a minute. It says, And I will bless them that bless thee. Talking to Abraham now. And I'll curse him that cursed thee. That's talking about the nation of Israel too. And thank God our president's got enough sense to stay with Israel. And it says in this, And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. All families will be blessed through the Jewish nation because they're bringing Jesus Christ into this world. Say amen. And then I want you to look at Genesis 22, verse 18. Genesis 22, verse 18. Setting the foundation for these Christmas messages. Genesis 22 and verse 18. The Bible says this, And in thy seed, talking about uh, Abraham, In thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Amen? And folks, listen, the promise to Abraham that Christ would descend from him. And folks, the lineage is Joseph's side, the adopted father. He had nothing to do with the conception. Amen? It was a virgin-born son of God. But, But I want you to know, he promised David that Christ should descend from him. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. How many of you got your Bible? Amen. Keep it turning. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. And when thy days be fulfilled, I'll wait on you. It's right after 1 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 7. You're a lot of help. Amen. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. Listen to this now. I will set up thy seed after thee, listen, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. Say amen right there. Thank God it's a divine lineage. Go to Psalms 132. Psalms 132. Uh, And I want you to go to Psalms 132, verse 11. Love to hear those pages turning, amen. You ought to mark this and highlight in red. Amen. Psalms 132. In the habit of marking your Bible, it's good to circle some great verses. Psalms 132 and verse 11. The Bible says, The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set up thy throne. Amen. The ancestry does indeed prove that Christ is whom he claimed he was and is. He's the Messiah. The King of Israel. Say amen. I wish every Jew would believe that. And if they don't, they're going straight to hell and not heaven. And they need to be born again. We need more missionaries to the Jews. But however, folks, Israel's still rejecting Jesus. They ought to read the genealogy. And that, is, that would uh, be a blessing to them. And folks, listen. That's the reason they're in so, to have so much trouble. You reject Christ, you're going to live in trouble. You receive Jesus, you'll still have trouble, but you'll have someone to help you and, to, and guide you. Then I see, third of all, not only the, um, the uh, preference of the ancestry and the purpose of the ancestry, but I see the prince 
of the ancestry. Look at verse 6. And Jesse begot David, the king. And David, the king, begot Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. Folks, I want to tell you something. There's a number of kings in the genealogy. Listen now, get excited about this. Praise God. You ought to get excited about it as much as you did when you was watching ball for 14 hours yesterday. Amen? Come on. I went to bed early. But I'll tell you this, friend. God help us if we don't see this. There's several, 15 kings mentioned in the ancestry. But only the word king is associated with David. Amen? And folks, there's a list. David's called the king twice in one verse. Look at verse 6. And Jesse begot David the king, and David the king begot Solomon uh, uh, from his wife of Urias, or Uriah. And so David's called the king twice. The reason for this designation for David and not the other kings is that, folks, Christ descended from the throne of David. Amen? And it was inherited, folks, by this human descent on Joseph's side. David was the first king of this dynasty. David followed Saul but king, uh, that, uh, as king, but Saul was of a different tribe and a different family. And thus the genealogies confirmed that Christ was indeed the promised Messiah. He's the Messiah. There's signs all over Israel saying they're looking for the Messiah to come. Let me tell you, dear Jewish friend, He's already come and He's coming again. And folks, we see the paternity of this ancestry. Uh, verse 16, let's skip down to there. Because I don't read all these words again, but I will. Look at verse 16, it says, And the Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. I want you to see the lineage. The ancestry is in contrast of one given in Luke 3. Luke 3 is the genealogy of the, um, uh, uh, you know, of the father's uh, uh, genealogy in, in, in Matthew. And folks, Joseph was the adopted father, not the biological father. Isn't that precious? Say amen right there. You know, a child that's adopted uh, is begot out of a heart of a parent. They choose you. Brother Tony Howell's an adopted child, and he was rescued out of all these uh, uh, projects and, and, and terrible homes, and the Howell family took him in and built up and raised a preacher of the gospel. Uh, my son and uh, da uh, daughter, son-in-law and daughter and family is with him this morning. Brother Jeremy will be with him on December 31st and pastoring a great church in a multi-million dollar uh, building project. And God's blessing. That's one of our preachers sent out from this church. And I want to tell you something, folks. The reason that God used the house in such a way is they adopted him. They, they intercepted the terrible life that he was living in and took him as his own. That's what Joseph did. Joseph didn't biologically uh, sear the, uh, uh, the uh, Jesus Christ. He had nothing to do with it. That's why he wanted to put her away. Uh, folks, goes, I'm going to tell you something. The grounds for divorce in the Bible was in the betrothal, the engagement time. If they came with a child, they put her away. That was divorce in the, in the New Testament. They put her away because she was unfaithful. And he thought maybe she'd been unfaithful. Of course, she had a child. But then, praise God, the Lord intervened and convinced him and showed him that this was an immaculate conception. Say amen. You can't always smile without saying immaculate conception. Folks, Merry Christmas. It's not about Santa Claus. 
Now, I'm not going to burn him at the stake this morning. You parents don't get, don't get nervous. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. I'm going to lift Jesus as the reason for the season. And I'm going to lift Jesus' birth. And if you think we're counseling one service on Christmas Eve because it's Christmas Eve, you've got another thought coming. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. We give gifts to Jesus on His birthday. Amen? Thank God. Folks, it's not just giving to each other. I don't know where that custom came from, but I like it. And I'll take them. Amen? I'm not going to preach against it. It's like I ain't going to preach against eating this morning. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. Joseph, uh, it goes back from Joseph, goes back to Abraham. The genealogy of Christ in Luke 3 is the maternal ancestry. That's Mary's lineage. And it goes back to Adam. <laughs> Amen. Y'all want to read it? No, we'll, go, we'll do that tonight or sometime. But most important of all, the ancestry list goes through David. So regardless of which genealogy you choose, Christ has claimed to the throne. In both genealogies, David's right there. And folks, I want you to understand something that's really precious. Not all these names that are long and, and hard to pronounce, and I'll work on them more later. I want you to see the language in between the names. I want you to look at this. Would you look, at your, look at your Bible. Come on, look at your Bible. Don't look at me all the time. It'll hurt your eyes. But look at the Bible. There's a distinct change in the language. When the ancestry gets to Joseph, the husband of Mary, the word begat, you see the word begat? B-E-G-A-T? That's a beautiful word. The word begat's mentioned 39 times in these verses. Begat. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. However, when it gets to Joseph, it didn't say Joseph begot Jesus. Look at it, verse 16. Read it closely. And Jacob begot Joseph. And jo you know, it was biological. Uh, uh, what, a, what a blessing. And Joseph, Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. And so we see that Joseph begot uh, Jesus. It didn't say Joseph begot Jesus. It said Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born. This is a distinct change to emphasize one thing. The virgin birth of Christ. Can I say it again? The virgin birth of Christ. Joseph did not begot. Joseph just said, praise God, I don't know what happened. But Mary is pregnant. <laughs> and it must be miraculous. And it was miraculous or he'd have put her away. Sounds cruel, don't it? Joseph was not the human father of Jesus Christ. Joseph did not begot Jesus Christ, for Jesus Christ had no human father. God the Father. And the genealogy of Matthew is exciting when they just change the wording from begot to Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Right in the middle of the genealogy says, hey, I want you to know, Jesus was born of Mary. But Mary wasn't the mother of God as the Catholic so wrongly worship her. Because she had to get saved just like any other sinner. Luke chapter 1. The Bible says that. She claimed it and praised Him as her Savior. Look it up sometime. Luke chapter 1. We'll do that next week. Folks, listen. It's the virgin birth that's preserved even in the wording of the genealogy. Amen? We have a miraculous relationship with the Lord through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit brought... Jesus into this world as he overshadowed 
Mary. And Mary's womb literally became a tabernacle. That's where the word overshadowing uh, means, and I'll, I'll get to that next week. And so then we see the people of the ancestry, verses 1 through 16. Forty-some people are mentioned in the name of this ancestry. And the family of the people is in verse 2. It says, Abraham begot Isaac. So it's all descendants of Abraham. And folks, it was promised to Abraham, Genesis 12 too, Genesis 22. And folks, listen, God keeps His promise, amen. And I will tell you, Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. And so then we see, folks, that uh, uh, the genealogy in Luke traces Christ back to Adam, but the genealogy in Matthew traces Him back to Abraham. And so the emphasis in Matthew is to the Jew, and the emphasis in Luke is that uh, Christ is available to all people, Gentile and Jew. And so, folks, we see the family in the people. But then I see the females in the people. This is very unusual. In those days, females uh, didn't have equal rights like they do today. But I want to tell you something. Four significant women are listed in the genealogy. Look at verse 3. It says, And Judas begot Phares and Zerah of Tamar, and Phares begot Esron, and Esron begot Aram. And so we see Rahab mentioned in verse 3. In another uh, book it says Rahab uh, the harlot. And folks, I want to tell you something. Uh, he, she, she is known not as the harlot, but in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And then we see another name uh, in verse 6, Bathsheba. Amen. So we got Rahab, we got Bathsheba, and in that verse also we have Tamar. You know what happened to Tamar? <clears throat> she was uh, raped by her, uh, uh, her, her half-brother, Amnon. Amnon, got so mad, um, Amnon was invited to a sheep-shearing party, and Amnon killed um, uh, <clears throat> Aram. And folks, listen, we see that Aram begot Abinadab, and Abinadab begot Nason, and Nason begot Salmon. But folks, we see it very clearly <clears throat> in verse 5 that Rahab is in Rahab is in the lineage of Jesus, and Tamar is in the lineage of Jesus. Three immoral <coughs> ladies that were taken advantage of at least, as well as some of the men in this gene genealogy. And then Ruth is mentioned in verse 6. <coughs> Ruth, she was a Gentile. So what's this saying? It's saying simply this. Folks that these women in this genealogy says that the gospel is open to all people. No matter what they've done, no matter where they've been, no matter how wicked they might have been, that Jesus saves. Jesus can rebuild your life. God can use your life after sin. And after sin has, 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 has uh, uh, devastated your life. Like Tamar like Rahab, like Bathsheba. Folks, it just shows me that the grace of God in the genealogy. It's not just kings. It's three ladies, four ladies, three that had some um, defiled morally, <clears throat> and one that was a Gentile. And she came back with her mother-in-law who was bitter. And Boaz saw her gleaning in the field, which was a, uh, poverty corner of the field that was set aside 
And then he put handfuls on purpose. And then he invited her to supper. And then he invited her to be his wife. And she became the great-great-grandmother of David. That's God's grace. I don't know about you, but that that just thrills me about all these names I just read. That in the middle of it is the divine grace of God. And I want to just close with saying this. All this genealogy builds up to verse 18, the arrival of Christ. In verse 18 it says, Now the birth the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as a mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, they were engaged, which was a very uh, uh, solid commitment. Without commitment, marriage is not going to be anything. I'll tell you something, this living together is of the devil. And I want to tell you something, nine out of ten people live together, they don't stay together after they get married, if they ever get married. You don't do a trial and error and you don't have plan B. There's commitment. There's commitment. It says, when as the mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they became together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. You say, explain that. I can't. But I believe it. And I tell you what, if, when we go to heaven and we interview Joseph, he'll tell you how much he believed it because he had nothing to do with it. Because the Bible says in verse 25, and he, and he knew her not till he had brought forth their firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Folks, I want you to see it. I want you to see it clearly. The arrival of Jesus Christ on this earth was through the pregnancy of a virgin girl. The cause of the pregnancy is plainly stated by the Holy Ghost. Mary did not conceive Christ by the usual means There was not a human man involved. It was divine. And that thrills my heart. The problem about the arrival though is found in verses 18 through 21. I'll preach on that tonight. My hero, the unsung hero of of Christmas, Joseph. He wanted to put her away. He he, he knew he, he loved her and he couldn't understand it. And folks, I want to tell you something. There's always problems when Jesus shows up. But thank the Lord. There'll be problems with your old crowd, and there'll be problems with uh, sin, and there'll be problems with society, but Jesus is the only solution to your problem. Joseph had a big problem, but he found that Jesus would solve it all. And he found out that the Holy Spirit would speak to him, and that God Almighty would speak to him, and clear up all his problems and all his anxieties. And I want to tell you something, he's a hero to me. He's an unsung hero. Joseph, the husband of Mary. Then I see the prophecy about the rival in verse 22. It says this, And all this was done that might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the Lord the pro- the, uh, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. What a great choir special. Which being interpreted is God with us. I see the sureness of the prophecy in verse 22, but I see the source of the prophecy, and it's in Isaiah chapter 7. Verse 14, would you turn with me there? Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. I want you to look at the uh, dating of that book. And I want you to see in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, that it was written some 742 B.C. All you atheists better throw away your calendar because it's either before Christ or after Christ. The year of the Lord, 2017. But I want you to read verse 14 with me. Chapter 7, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. 
Folks, the source of the prophecy, the precious Word of God, these precious prophets that saw Jesus' birth the way you ought to see Jesus' birth. See Christmas the way you ought to see Christmas. We shouldn't commercialize it. We shouldn't homogenize it. We shouldn't just get all excited about the things and the folklore of this world. We ought to get excited that Jesus Christ came to this earth uh, with immaculate conception born of a virgin, and He came to die on the cross, and He died on the cross that we might live forever. That's Christmas. Some people want to go humbug and be Scrooges and think it's a terrible time of the year. You need to get right with God because it's a good time. Amen, it's a good time. It's a great time. I love it when I'm in the mall and I hear those songs, Oh, come all ye faithful over the intercom. Oh, lost and dying world, they don't have a clue what's being played, but... Praise God, I do, and that helps me want to witness. I got a musical background, praise God. I say, you know the reason for the scene, you know the reason Christ is, is, the, is Christmas, and if you take Christ out of Christmas, all you got is a mess. A mass. Okay, I'll get that later. Then we see the sureness and the source, but I see the sanctity of the prophecy. A virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. She conceived as a virgin. The virgin birth says Christ did not have a genealogy of a human father. Jesus Christ, folks, was born. And folks, this is a doctrine. It is a doctrine of the Word of God that we ought to be excited about, that we ought to hold to. The Bible doesn't just mention it uh, uh, you know, just here and there. It's dogmatic. It's repeated over and over in type and in, in declaration. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's virgin born. It's prophesied in the Scripture. Thank God. And it came by the Holy Spirit. She knew not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. She knew not a man. Her firstborn son. Not their firstborn son. The Bible says, listen, I wish I could wake you up tonight, this morning. Folks, it says in verse 25, and she knew not that till she had brought forth her firstborn son. Not there, her. Thank God he went along with it though. And I thank God for it. Now what's this, what's this saying? It's saying this. They shall call his name, verse 23, Emmanuel. Being interpreted, God with us. Feel lonely in this Christmas season? Emmanuel, God's with you. God came to you when you couldn't come to him. That beautiful song, Brother Randy. He came to me when I could not come to Him. He left the splendor and glory of heaven and was born in an old shack, an uh, old stable, and He was in a pig trough, I mean a horse trough, a, a manger. And it was filthy and it stunk and it was the humility of Christ to be born in such a manner. There was not room in the inn. Folks, I believe I ought to make room for Jesus. Because He is the Christ. What's this verse 23 saying? Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. We established that. The Word of God did. And they shall call His name Emmanuel. You know what the word Emmanuel means? God with us. And you know what that proves? The deity of Christ. The deity of Christ says that Jesus Christ is eternal and thus existed before the conception in Mary and His birth at Bethlehem. And he was, a son is given. 
And folks, it was, he's the eternal God. The poor JWs up here, they believe he's a created being. That's blasphemy, it's heresy. He's not, he's not a born created being. He's God. But He showed up in a womb. And He was born in a, a, a son of a carpenter. And three years after the nativity, there was no wise men at the manger. I hate to blow your image of your little manger scene. There was no wise men there. It took about three years to get there. If you look in Luke chapter 2, they came, they came to the house and they saw the little son and I like those Christmas plays. You used to go to Highland Park and they'd do it big. I mean, do it real big. Now the church don't even exist. Praise God, they would march down the aisles with this beautiful uh, gold and, uh, and frankincense and myrrh and, and give offerings. And that little old boy would be standing on a carpenter's bench. His, the child Jesus, about two or three years old. And they'd all bow down before him. And some beautiful song would be singing. Uh, playing and praise God I got all emotional about it he said oh, it's just a play I know it but it pictures the deity of Christ he was not just the son of a carpenter he is the son of God so when you get all caught up in all these names between the begats remember this Joseph did not begat Jesus Jesus has always been God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit was at the creation. Let us make man in our image. Thank God He's always been. He just showed up to come to you and die on the cross and bear your sins and become your sin barrier that you might be saved. And so thank God for Christmas because Christmas reminds us that Jesus is God and He's Emmanuel, and He's born of a virgin, and He came to die on the cross because it was the only way for us to go to heaven. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You, dear God, for this passage of Scripture. Thank You for every name. Thank You for every begot. Thank You, dear God, that Your Word is all so true. And there's no errors. And it's fulfilled in Jesus. And thank you, dear God, that you remind us in this passage that you're not just Jesus. You're Jesus the Christ. You're Christ Jesus. You're Emmanuel. You're God with us and God in us. And God help us to let our lives be a tabernacle of Jesus. God doesn't know that we're great with child, but great with a Savior. That our Father lives within us. That the Holy Spirit loves through us. And dear God, that Christmas can be a time of giving and not just receiving. And most of all, it can be a time of glorifying you as the Christ Jesus.